up? And welcome into the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross and I am your host. We are part of the Built in Buffalo Podcasting Network. I encourage you to check out all the content that Built in Buffalo has to offer. But today, the content is a bit of a preview of the preseason game coming up on Friday against the Detroit Lions. I am not a big fan of caring about what happens in a preseason game. I don't really care who wins, who loses, that stuff doesn't matter, but I think there are things we can take away, position battles that are going to happen, and I know a lot of people are talking about how the guys on the bottom half of the roster, you've got to play special teams, that'll determine a lot of these battles, and I'm going to disagree a little bit there. I think that the special teams guys like Daryl Johnson, Taiwan Jones, Saran Neal, Tyler Medikevich, Arthur Smith... I think those five guys are locks at the roster at this point. So then you're probably asking yourself, well, which battles are you looking at? And I'm going to go position by position real quick just to give you an example of what I'm talking about and what I'm going to be watching uh, during the game. After the game, the Red Zone Report will be live as a, I guess, post-game, preseason post-game show on the Built-in Buffalo YouTube channel. The first position battle that I'm watching, and it's not really a position battle per se, the quarterback position. While we all hope that Mitch Trubisky never has to take a snap in the regular season, I think it is important that we do see how he is, see what he's like in this offense, because in in case Josh Allen does get hurt, Trubisky's going to be the guy. And while we know what he can do in the NFL for the Chicago Bears in the offense that they run, It's still nice to see what he can do in Brian Dable's offense with the Buffalo Bills. My best guess is that he's going to play the whole game or almost the whole game. I've seen some people suggest that Josh Allen should not play if Deion Dawkins does not play. And I don't know how I feel about that necessarily. I mean, Josh Allen is kind of used to running for his life. I'm not trying to say that the starting offensive line isn't good, but it's not great, and and Dion's a good player, but obviously you don't want an injury to happen, but at the same time, somebody's going to have to step up if Dion Dawkins does get hurt or does get COVID during the regular season, whatever the case may be, and as much as his backup has to get used to playing, you know, Josh is going to have to get used to, you know, the possibility at least of having him not there, but I would imagine that if he does, if Josh Allen does play, it's only one or two series, and we're going to see Trubisky. And as I said a few seconds ago, that's important. I want to see what he's like in this offense. The next one, of course, is the running back battle. Once again, I'm not sure it's very much of a battle. I feel like the top four are pretty set in stone at this point. I don't think Antonio Williams or Christian Wade makes the roster. So the real battle becomes between Zach Moss, who people have said looks really good, and Devin Singletary. And I know that Sean McDermott wants this sort of platoon at running back. But somebody's going to be the starter. Somebody's going to play a few more snaps. Somebody's going to play in key situations. And it seems like, from the reports that we've gotten so far, it's going to be Zach Moss. So I want to see, if that's the case, how he looks, what's going on. Everyone made a big deal about Devin Singletary and his workout routine on Instagram. I don't think that that matters. However, it's still something I want to see. See these guys battle it out for, for who's going to be at least the first guy on the field. I think tight end is a sneaky battle on the back end of that position. And this is a case where I do think special teams might play into it a little bit. Uh, as far as I know, Tommy Sweeney does not play much special teams, while Reggie Gilliam does. And Brian Dable, uh, talking about Reggie Gilliam, basically said, you know, he's going to have to show us that he deserves a spot with the different kind of things he can do. And obviously some of that some of that is special teams. I don't know that Tommy Sweeney can do the things that 
Reggie Gilliam can do, like lining up as a H-back and some of the other stuff like that. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch as well. And perhaps the most glamorous battle of training camp is for the wide receiver position. I think we know the top five. They're pretty much set in stone. But then you've got Jake Kumaro, who's having a great camp, and he's competing, you would think, against Stevenson and Isaiah Hodgins and maybe Tanner Gentry. And and mixed in with that is, is the battle for the return job as well. Obviously, we've heard that McKenzie has the front runner's role in that right now, but they're going to want to see Stevenson and Powell get some some reps with fielding kicks and punts if this is a real competition, which I believe it is. And it's nice for McKenzie to maybe get another rep or two as well. I know that he hasn't had a lot of opportunities in the past. He's just the one who's had the most. And so that'll be an interesting battle as well. As far as just the basic wide receiver depth goes, another guy who is really good on special teams. Kumaro, he also brings a size element. And it's not those two things that I think that are going to just separate him out necessarily. Like, it's going to come down to just his special teams ability. That's not what I'm saying. What what I'm saying is this: he's just been the one that's doing the best in camp. I want to see if he can continue to do that in a game. Even though it's a game that doesn't mean a lot, still, it's nice to see him on the field. See if that competitiveness and that those skills, you know, translate to the field. I know somebody's yelling at their, their radio, what about his touchdown catch last year against San Francisco? Okay, well, it was like this only really play. So I'm just saying let, let's let's see him do it consistently. Let's see him do it in a repetitive time in a, in a game-like situation. I believe he's going to be the sixth receiver. I think they'll put like three of those guys on the practice squad, and that may be how they manage the roster going forward. Now to the offensive line. I think they keep at least nine. They may keep 10, but at this point, I'm kind of leaning towards nine. Uh, Dawkins, Feliciano, Morse, Ford, Williams, Spencer Brown, Tommy Doyle, Ryan Bates. And then there's a real interesting battle, I think, between Ike Bucker and Forrest Lamp. And I think some of what they do on the offensive line is going to be predicated on what they do on the defensive line because I believe you can make a case that they should be keeping... 11, uh, seven defensive ends and at least four defensive tackles. And I'll go into that in a minute. So if they do do that, and if they even keep five, which I, I'm sure they really would love to keep all five defensive tackles, you've got a huge problem in terms of roster space, and you would have no opportunity to keep 10 offensive linemen. Now, so this is where I say that they may use the practice squad and I'll go more into this in a 53-man roster projection uh, podcast before the season starts. But I think that's a way you can hide some guys, right? Like if, if you want to really carry seven or eight wide receivers or 10 or 11 offensive linemen, you just put some guys on the practice squad and then you call them up that game day. So I, I think that's a way that they could use it. But right now, I think I only see them keeping nine offensive linemen. But again, a great battle. Ryan Bates seems entrenched as the backup in the interior. I think they have Doyle and Brown for the tackles. And then it really comes down to Botker and Lamp. You know, Forrest Lamp is a former first-round pick. Ike Botker is a guy who they've developed who I think is just average at best. Um, Forrest Lamp certainly has more physical gifts. Uh, that's why you get, you get picked in the first round. You don't get picked in the first round if you're not really, really good. <laughs> technique or you're really athletic and then they hope that they can teach you the technique so I think it's a little bit of an under the radar uh, spot right there and I think that's I think that's a battle that Forrest Lamp is going to win the Bills love to take chances on athleticism and things like that and I, I see no reason why that wouldn't continue with the offensive line with uh, Forrest Lamp at that position 
Now, as I said, moving into the defensive tackle position and the defensive end position, this is going to be really fascinating. Uh, I think you know, guys like Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, obviously Rousseau, Epinesa, Basham. I mean, those guys to me are locks. I think Daryl Johnson is a lock. That's that that gives you six defensive ends. And then you throw in F.A. Obata, a guy who's been getting a ton of buzz at training camp, a guy who has great size, great athleticism, very familiar with the Bills' defensive line coach because he was his defensive line coach in Carolina. Uh, he's an international player. He's you know he's obviously learned the game. Like he was a great pass rusher last year. He's a guy who can play inside and outside. I cannot see how they don't keep that guy on the roster. So right there, you're at seven. So last year they kept ten defensive linemen, and this year if they want to keep four defensive tackles, they're going to have to move to eleven. So for me, the first seven defensive ends are basically locks. So for me, the battle really becomes on the inside. And it's a fascinating to me. Obviously, you have Ed Oliver and Starr. Those guys are roster locks. And then it gets really interesting because you've got a guy like Vernon Butler, who, again, came from Carolina, was a first-round pick when Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott were there. That was the last first-round pick Carolina made before these, those guys left for Buffalo. So they're familiar with them. Obviously, Eric Washington, the Bills' defensive line coach, who used to be the defensive line coach in Carolina, is familiar with him as well because he took over for Sean McDermott as defensive coordinator in Carolina when Sean McDermott came to Buffalo. They seem to really love Vernon Butler, and (laughs) Vernon Butler always seems to let them down. I don't think he should even be on the roster anymore. Most people don't think he should be on the roster, but they keep giving this guy chances. So it's hard for me to see how they cut him. Plus, they already asked him to take a salary reduction. So why do you ask the guy to take a salary reduction, you know, three months ago and then cut him now? It just doesn't make sense. However, we get into a numbers battle because you've got Harrison Phillips, who was a a third-round draft pick of the Bills a few years ago. They obviously love him. They love what he does in the community. And like I said before, Just because you go to Children's Hospital and you go to Roswell Park and you're a really nice guy doesn't mean you should be on a football team. But still, he's a draft pick of them. They want to give him a chance. He tore his knee up a year and a half ago. It's a long recovery. I'm sure they want to give him one more chance to earn a second contract with the team. Then you come to a guy in Justin Zimmer who was on the practice squad last year, eventually got signed to the 53-man roster because they couldn't deny how good he was. And he's continued that. Uh, We've been hearing great things about him in training camp. He had a a forced fumble, I believe, to save the game against the Patriots last year. He might be the most athletic guy outside of Ed Oliver on the roster in terms of defensive tackles. So how do you cut him? You can't cut him and sneak him out of the practice squad this year. So they're going to have really big decisions again at the back of this position group. And I don't think special teams has anything to do with this group, certainly in particular. You know, Harrison Phillips and I think Vernon Butler have to be on notice. Justin Zimmer, at this point, I believe, is the leader to be the third defensive tackle, uh, you know, off the bench when they they need a guy to come in. So that's going to be very interesting to watch as well. Linebacker is interesting to me. I think this is a position where they might have to do some roster gymnastics a little bit, I believe. Obviously, Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, no question. Um, A.J. Klein seems to be a guy that they're not going to cut, although we haven't heard a lot about him this year. His contract kind of makes that prohibitive. Then there were reports that instead of Tyrell Dodson and Tyrell Adams or Marquell Lee being the backups to come to you know first off the bench, 
to fill in for Milano and Edmonds, you got Tyler Matikevich and Andre Smith, who are basically nothing more than special teams player. You know, Matikevich certainly can't really play linebacker at all. Uh, there's been reports that Andre Smith is trying to get better at the position, w- which is good to hear. And and people speculated that well, they came off the bench first because hey, you know, they'll be the fifth and the sixth linebacker, and if there's a lot of injuries at the position, they may need to play. So the Bills want to get them just used to coming out and actually playing on defense instead of just special teams. However, given how I've been looking at the roster, I know the Bills like to carry six linebackers, and everyone assumes that Tyrell Dotson and you know Tyrell Adams or Marquell Lee will make up the fifth and sixth spots. I have a feeling that the Bills may try to go with five linebackers this year simply because of the roster gymnastics that I mentioned between the offensive line and the defensive line. So it makes more sense than that they're trying to get Medikevich and Smith, who are mostly special teams players, more regular defensive reps because those guys are going to be primary backups because you're only carrying one other guy aside from the starters. So... Those guys have got to be ready in case of injury. You, you can't just say we're just going to never play these guys and just leave them on special teams. Also, I've heard rumors. I don't know if this was just trolling by the Bills, but F.A. Obata, the defensive lineman I mentioned, who's what, like 6'5", like 280, they had him at linebacker. So maybe that's another thing that they're doing is they're trying to create some positional versatility and maybe keep him as a finger quotes sixth linebacker in order to you know sneak another defensive lineman on the roster that way. However, obviously, I feel like Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, A.J. Klein, Tyler Matikevich, and Andre Smith are pretty much locks. I don't see how any of those guys get cut. So right there, you're up to five. So Tyrell Dotson, Tyrell Adams, Marquell Lee, Joe Giles-Harris, I would imagine that they're going to have to unseat A.J. Klein. Or, and this is something I haven't mentioned yet, and, and of course, nobody hopes for injuries, but a great way to get on a roster is to have the guy in front of you get hurt. Now, we don't want anyone to get hurt, but let's be honest. It happens to every team. You know, the Bills had three or four guys get injured in training camp. Uh, they put them on the injury list after they, they do the final cutdown, and then they can bring a couple guys back onto the roster. So I'm sure that'll happen again as time goes on, injuries happen. So if you're one of these guys, like a Tyrell Adams or, you know, uh, a Nate Becker at tight end, or, you know, like a Jordan Devy on the offensive line, I mean, you're, you don't want to hope for an injury. But if that's going to be your path to the practice squad or the roster, well, then you have to take advantage of that opportunity. And, you know, I mean, it's too bad for the other guy, but it get, if it gets you on the team, then it gets you on the team. Moving on to cornerback, I think this is pretty much cut and dry. Really nothing to see here. It's obviously Trey White, obviously Teron Johnson, Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson, Saran Neal, uh, you know, Cam Lewis. I think is the the interesting name, right? Cam Lewis, Nick McLeod got a little buzz. And obviously they have a draft pick in Rashad Wild Goose. Does he make himself somehow available through uh, willing to work on special teams? Cam Lewis came in last year and played a couple games when Levi Wallace got hurt. Does he find a way to the roster? We have Warren G's son, Elijah Griffin, as an undrafted free agent on the Buffalo Bills. I mean... If I'm, if I'm making the roster, I'm keeping that guy right away. 
I don't care if you can play or not. It's Warren G's son. Great song. Love the song. I'm keeping the guy. I don't care. doesn't matter to me. So those are going to be the battles that we see on the back end of that. And then maybe the most surprising position, a position where people thought there wasn't going to be any sort of controversy about who was going to be kept on the roster, and that's safety. And obviously Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, and then Jaquan Johnson is the de facto backup. And people just assumed, you know, that it would be DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' sixth-round pick from this year, who was going to make the roster. Well, right now the front-runner to make that, that roster spot is Josh Thomas. And I can tell you that the Bills aren't keeping five safety. So, again, a great battle between DeMar Hamlin and Josh Thomas. So there's ten guys or eight guys the back of this roster whose primary job is not to be a special teams ace who are fighting amongst themselves to be the last guys on this roster. So those are the guys I'm watching. You know, I'm watching Tyrell Dotson, Tyrell Adams, Marquell Lee, Damar Hamlin, Rashad Wildgoose, Cam Lewis, Josh Thomas, a guy like Harrison Phillips, Justin Zimmer, F.A. Obata, guys like Jordan Devy, Forrest Lamp, Ike Bakker, Marquez Stevenson, Brandon Powell, Jake Kumaro, Guy like Reggie Gilliam, Tommy Sweeney. These are guys who, who these all these guys are fighting for these positions, and, and it's up to the Bills. to. It's kind of like Tetris, right? you got to kind of just put these different guys in there, slot them in here. Well, this guy gives us this, but this guy gives us this, but he also gives us this, and but this guy gives us more than that guy, but he's, you know, he's not great at this position. Those are the kinds of stuff that I'm watching during these preseason games. I don't care whether the team wins or not. They're not running their, their playbook. They're running just as basic vanilla offense and as basic vanilla defense as possible. They don't want to tip anything, so there's nothing you can learn from that. Join us on the Red Zone Report. I would imagine it will start at about 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Built-in Buffalo YouTube channel on Friday. Me and my co-host Izzy will be covering all the somewhat interesting things from the preseason game. Please take a moment if you're on apple podcasts to leave us a rating and a review tell a friend tell an enemy subscribe take a listen to the other podcasts on the network check out the youtube channel lots of great content on there check out the facebook group the facebook group there's like forty thousand people in the facebook group uh there's a twitter account obviously instagram built in buffalo is all over the place always growing i thank you for listening And as always, Bill's Mafia, find a way to embrace your growth mindset and trust the process.